The Macro View, Episode 45, Warning. If you're triggered by the truth or get lost in a sea of logic, we just don't give a damn. This is The Macro View. You are now listening to the number one daily podcast focused on spreading the logic of liberty. So old Bill Gates is at it again, and this is the third time we've discussed Bill in uh, the 45 episodes that we've done, I guess 46 episodes, we've got a, a bonus episode uh, crushed in there somewhere, I think round number three. This time, instead of asking for socialism as a cure to climate change, he's saying that robots should be taxed. Now, the reason that he thinks that robots should be taxed is that he thinks far too many people will be put out of work and that the government should tax the productivity of robot labor in order to fund the retraining of people that will lose their job. Now, Bill Gates' fears of mass and permanent unemployment caused by robots is nothing new. Uh, And it reminds me of the claims made by one David Wells in his book, Recent Economic Changes, first published in 1889. Mr. Wells claims, quote, the power capacity already being exerted by the steam engines of the world in existence and working in the year 1887 has been estimated to be the equivalent to that of 200 million horses, representing approximately 1 billion men, or at least three times the working population of the earth. So first off, if you're going to claim that machines cause unemployment, you should probably be careful to not over-hyperbolize your claim. Obviously, three times the working population did not find themselves permanently unemployed. That's just ridiculous. It's more people than there are. That would have meant that nobody should have been working, and obviously that wasn't the, the case. There were definitely people that still worked. And while the math may have been true regarding the production power, all that it meant was that labor was more productive. It meant that more people were able to buy more goods at a cheaper price and producers were able to produce them and offer them up at a cheaper price and still earn a profit. People that lost their jobs as a result of steam engines were then able to dedicate their efforts to more valued fields, to fields where their their labor productivity served a greater value to society now with the creation of the steam engine. And further, there are far more people today, population-adjusted, Working in the manufacturing and global trade industries, the two main industries which David Wells really took issue with uh, as as causing tons of people losing their jobs because of the steam engine, there are far more people working in these industries today and as considered compared to when this book was written. And yet the productivity power of the fossil fuel engines, the internal combustion engines that power modern manufacturing and, and Uh, trade transportation today is far greater than that of what would now seem to be an ancient steam engine. We've got a lot more to discuss about old Billy, the world's wealthiest man, but first we do got to pay some bills. So we'll be right back after this quick message. Something tells me that a lot of my listeners like to read those thick economic treatises like Basic Economics by Thomas Sowell, Man, Economy, and State by Murray Rothbard, and Human Action by Ludwig von Mises. In total, these three books alone are well over 2,500 pages. Now, you don't want to be lugging around one of these behemoths. It's far too inconvenient. This is exactly why I love my Kindle Paperwhite. Not only is it light, convenient, and easy to use, but especially for those of us that like to go back and reread certain parts that made an impact on us, or are worth the second take, it's so easy to highlight and to take notes and to keep track of where you're at. 
Now, if you are like me and you like to have a hard copy of your favorite volumes, there really is nothing better than the Kindle Paperwhite. You can do all of your highlighting and note-taking digitally, and you can keep your hard copies in pristine condition to one day hand down as a legacy. Best of all, it's extremely easy on the eyes. If you spend all your day in front of the computer and you're sick of the headache that you get from reading PDFs on your monitor, there really is nothing better than the Kindle Paperwhite. Now, if you're an avid reader, go to T as in the, M as in macro, V as in view, podcast.com. That's TMVpodcast.com. And on the homepage right next to tonight's show page, you'll find a direct link to purchase your very own Kindle Paperwhite. You won't regret it. I use mine every single day, and you're sure to love it as well. Also, it's guaranteed to make you a better student of liberty. So head over to tmvpodcast.com, click on the link there on the right-hand side, and get yourself a Kindle Paperwhite. All right, we're back. You know, what's kind of ironic about Bill's statements is the fact that the personal computer... What he made his billions by distributing, or at least distributing the software that made them useful to people, quote unquote, put millions of people out of work. And the personal computer, obviously it didn't. We'll talk about that in a little bit. The personal computer was so massively disruptive. I mean, it put a ton of accountants out of work. Is what account, accountants became way more productive when they're not using uh, handwritten spreadsheets and they're able to use Excel. It put everybody working in the field related to the typewriter out of business, put hundreds of thousands of salespeople out of business when email came along, making the labor productivity of a single salesperson far greater than what it used to be. It's not surprising, though, that somebody like Bill Gates would regress intellectually into becoming a Luddite. A lot of left-wing intellectuals believe that they and only they can plan out society. Add to that a successful entrepreneurial endeavor and their egos just explode. You know, they, they go through the roof. Now, Bill is under the belief that his one experience in having great foresight, his purchase and licensing of an operating system and crafting it into something that the average person could use, means that everything he does or says is always going to be correct. It's not. And maybe, Bill, maybe you should stick to technology and disruptive innovation and leave economic analysis up to the pros. Bill is not the last person to come up with a disruptive business, not even close. This is such a classic case of left-wing entrepreneurial egoism. There's no doubt that Bill Gates is highly intelligent. There's no doubt that he had great foresight seeing the massively positive impact that a personal computer usable by the layman could have on society. He saw the increased productivity caused by such machines and realized that they would dramatically increase the, the productivity and raise the standard of living. And he was right. And as a result, he and his partner, Paul Allen, and many other people, uh, since then with other companies that wouldn't be possible if not for the personal computer and the internet, and also people like Steve Ballmer and, and others inside of Microsoft, became multi-billionaires. And many more people became multi-millionaires and how everybody's seen a dramatic increase in the standard of living. Now, Bill's the wealthiest person in the world. He's wealthier than any king in history. Far wealthier than any king in history. Now, even if nominal numbers are, are greater for some kings in the past, the number of things that they could buy with that money was so much smaller that there's no doubt that Bill Gates is by far the wealthiest person in the history of the world. 
I mean, he's wealthier than any king in history. But in a lot of ways, so are many average Americans. I mean, sure, the average American cannot command the kitchen staff of Louis XIV all to themselves, but they don't need to. They could choose from millions more options than Louis XIV was able to. And an author named Matt Ridley wrote a book called The Rational Optimist. He lays out the case as to how and why the average person living in the developed countries of today's world has a standard of living far greater than any of the ancient kings, any of the kings going back to prior to the Industrial Revolution. Now, these claims of modern-day Luddites, like what Bill Gates is claiming, are as poorly founded as the claims of their 18th century and uh, 19th century anti-steam engine Luddites and anti-cotton weaving Luddites. And the same as those that rioted against those cotton weaving machines uh, back in the late 1700s. Now, an article from the Foundation for Economic Education, or FEE, highlights the misguided fears of the Luddites from the days of the, the founding of this country, from back in the day, you know, really before the founding of this country. And th- what, the article, uh, what the article talks about is, is the uh, cotton weaving machines and the riots against the cotton weaving machines. And I'm going to quote a little bit from it. This article says, quote, Arkwright invented his cotton spinning machinery in 1760. At the time, it was estimated that there were in England 5,200 spinners using spinning wheels and 2,700 weavers. In all, 7,900 people engaged in the production of cotton textiles. The introduction of Arkwright's invention was opposed on the ground that it threatened the livelihood of the workers and the opposition had to be put down by force. Yet in 1787, 27 years after the invention appeared, a parliamentary inquiry showed that the number of persons actually engaged in the spinning of weaving and weaving of cotton had risen from 7,900 to 320,000, an increase of 4,400%. Unquote. The reason that this occurred is that the cotton weaving machines made cotton weaving so productive that items of clothing could be produced for significantly less cost and offered up at a much lower price at which people were willing to buy more items of clothing and more people were willing to buy more items of clothing. The cotton weaving machines brought quality clothing to the masses profitably for producers. And before that, people had maybe one or two items of clothing, and they wore them until they wore out. Now, there are a lot more masses than elites, which means if profitable at a price the masses are willing to pay, much more employment will be needed in the course of such production and delivery for the consumption by the masses. So the facts speak quite contrary to the claims of the Luddites. And the same can be said about Bill's contribution to society as well. There are far more people working in fields that were made possible by the invention of the personal computer than there ever were working in the typewriting industry or in any industry that was tied to typewriting. There are far more people earning income doing all sorts of things that were in any of the industries that, that, that are in any of the industries that Bill's Windows operating system made obsolete. Economic activity grew. It did not fall as a result of the increased productivity of Bill Gates' personal computer operating system. The ability to communicate worldwide in an instant 
to make phone calls globally at a penny's cost, if any cost, and so much more have brought about a a jobs revolution globally. It's helped to drag people out of the direst poverty that you could ever imagine and to inspire the funding and the consequential delivery of education to third world countries. And it doesn't end there. But we do have to pay some bills. So we're going to take a quick break here and we'll be right back after this quick message. So I do realize that not everyone has the time to read every book that they want to. And that's fine. But I bet those same people that don't have a lot of time to read spend a lot of time in their car commuting back and forth from work or from school. There's another phenomenal Amazon product for those of you that are thinking, yep, that's me right about now. It's Audible. Now, I'm sure some of you already know about Audible. It's the audiobook app that turns reading into listening. It's great. And while I'm an avid reader, there are far too many days on my drive from downtown Los Angeles to Santa Monica and back where I'm all caught up in my favorite podcasts and AM radio is just far too frustrating when you can't call in and read the host, the riot act for being a horrible neocon or regressive leftist. That's what audible is for. For a limited time, if you download the app on your desktop or mobile phone from our website, tmvpodcast.com, Amazon is offering new audible users two free audiobooks. Now, personally, I suggest you make good use of those two free books. Get yourself one of those backbreakers that you've been meaning to read but just haven't had the time or the will to open it up. Go to tmvpodcast.com and right there on the right-hand side, you'll find a link to this exclusive offer. Don't miss out, folks. Head over to tmvpodcast.com, click on the Audible banner, and get your two free audiobooks today. All right, we're back. And so one other point that I want to make about about Bill's operating system and what it what it's done in conjunction with uh, the internet and a few websites. I mean, it, it was so disruptive that when combined with the internet and social media, and I would say a lot of a lot of trade websites as well, such as Amazon and other things that have helped to deliver goods. Uh, to people that prior prior to the invention of the internet and prior to the in, uh, the creation of some of these websites and the ability to have a personal computer and, and what that's turned into to where we basically have personal computers in the palms of our hands now. Prior to that, a lot of people around the world just couldn't even access some of these products. They didn't even know that they existed. It was so disruptive, though, that combined with a few of these web other websites and not to mention that these other websites made made others billions of dollars as well but it's it, these websites and bill's personal computer revolution have been instrumental in toppling dictatorial regimes around the world and sparking movements for more freedom i mean that's how incredibly powerful this technology was above and beyond the productivity increase this is a great thing it's a great thing it's given people the ability to educate themselves, to learn more way faster. I mean, think about how long it used to take. You had to go to a library. You had to look up books. You had to search through the indexes of many, many books to try to find the topic that you are looking for when you're doing a research paper. I mean, it took tons of time to do research. Research can be done way faster now that you have the internet, way faster. 
And you have all sorts of databases that host books. You can get, you can buy eBooks. There's tons of websites like Mises.org that literally give away PDF copies of something more than a hundred books. And it's incredible. It makes doing research extremely, extremely easy. And it's just, you know, I find it hard to, to, to reconcile Bill's claims with the reality that must be going on. I mean, it's got to be contradicting himself. Um, He's got to be struggling with this. And as such, not only will there likely be far more people working directly in robot production, sales, and use fields, the quality of living will increase for everybody to levels that we've never seen before. This increased productivity will mean more time for leisure. It'll mean more time to make to do scientific experiments. It'll be easier to spend time on, on scientific exper- experiments, which means more human progress. It'll increase the amount of time people can spend on technologi- other technological research and development. And it'll create increased demand for so many goods and services around the world as, those co- as the cost of producing those services and the price at which entrepreneurs can go and produce those services profitably based on consumer demand and the price at which the demand rises. I mean, it's going to lead to a, a, a revolution in productive capacity of the world. And it's going to be able to deliver cheap goods and services to the poorest people in society of which they cannot goods and services that they can't even get today. I mean, it could make food so cheap that we might be able to actually feed Africa. We might be able to start sending robots over there and make it really easy to farm in Africa so that they have a self-sustaining economy and can go from being agrarian to industrial to eventually a uh, a more advanced and developed uh, continent. And that would all be a very great thing for the world, and it'd be great for America too. Look, nobody's going to be put out of permanent work they're not going to be permanently put out of work they might work less but they might have to work less they might they might not need to work as much they might choose to work less that's a net good thing there might be a lot more people in leisure industries and recreation and and a whole host of different things that require a human touch there may be more psychological counselors there there may be more podcasts there may be more journalists there may be there's so many things that can still be done and if you don't need nearly the same income because everything's a lot cheaper. Their real incomes are going to increase. There's no doubt that some people will lose their current job when robotic labor and the capital investment required to employ such becomes a sensical economic investment for the industries in which they have immediate uses. But these people will find more satisfying jobs and will earn greater real wages. They'll therefore be able to enjoy much more leisure time which provides satisfaction or utility in economic speak, as opposed to spending their time working, which provides disutility. And most importantly, the poorest members of society will gain access to either additional units of goods and services they currently cannot afford, or will gain access to their first unit of goods and services that they currently abstain from purchasing because it does not fit within their budget. The robot revolution is a phenomenal positive for the world and for humanity in particular. And instead of lambasting it and making 18th century and 19th century claims, you know, Luddite claims about it, Bill Gates should reflect on his own life's work and the major boon that it was to society, 
despite surely putting less productive uses of labor out of the market when it was released on humanity. I cannot imagine here anyone else thinks that his efforts were a net negative for society. I mean, unless they're Amish. And I mean, I don't really know a ton about Bill's religious beliefs, but I'm quite sure that Bill Gates is not Amish. Well, everybody, that's it for tonight's episode of The Macro View. I really hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to check out this episode's show page at macroviewnews.com slash podcast slash 45. Now, while you're there, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. I moved the links from the bottom of the page up to the top of the page. So they're now in the, the header of the website. Really easy to find. And while you're there, there's also a little YouTube button. Click on that YouTube button. Subscribe to our YouTube page. If you're not already subscribed, our YouTube channel, if you're not already subscribed, and you can watch these episodes on YouTube if that's your preferred method of, uh, of listening to po- podcasts, or you can listen to them on our, uh, on our show pages. So while, while, uh, while you're on the website, also don't forget to sign up for our email list. That way you'll never miss an episode. You'll get notified when new episodes drop. And you can stay notified about some of the great things that are going to be coming to the macro view in the coming couple of months. Now, lastly, while you're there, check out another podcast that I'm that I'm, I'm hosting with Dale Moody. It's called Burning Straw Man. It's Mooty, M-O-O-T-Y. If you want to find him on Facebook or, or uh, you, you might be familiar with him from a number of the libertarian groups on Facebook is really good at, at tearing down other people's arguments. And um, so we started a podcast together. It's called Burning Straw Men, and it can be found at burningstrawmen.com. That's Burning Straw Men, men as in multiple, burningstrawmen.com, all one word. There's only been one episode so far, um, but it's going to be a great weekly uh, podcast. We're doing it once a week. And it's focused on tearing down fallacious claims about libertarian philosophy and what a libertarian society would look like. And as the name suggests, burning straw man arguments, other fallacious claims as well, and other logical fallacies will be destroyed on that show as well. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, obviously for namesake and uh, burning straw man is, a, is a, a fun name for a podcast. And that's really what we enjoy doing. We enjoy tearing down. Uh, some of these fallacious claims and arguments where they're either attacking libertarian uh, personalities themselves, you know, ad hominem attacks, or they're creating straw men arguments out of the libertarian philosophy, um, which they hear bits and pieces of, and they take and expand them into all sorts of ridiculous claims. So that's what that, that podcast's about. I think you'll really enjoy it if you enjoy the macro view You'll definitely enjoy that. Episodes are going to be a little bit longer, somewhere between 40 minutes and an hour, as opposed to the 20 to 30 minutes that you're used to here on the macro view. But I really do think all my listeners will enjoy it. Now, most importantly, most importantly, do not forget, do not forget to share the macro view with your friends and your family, your social networks, and anywhere else that you feel as though it's appropriate or inappropriate. I don't really care. Just share it with everybody. And that way you can help me to spread the logic of liberty. Tune back in tomorrow and take care until then, everybody.